where I interview comedians and creatives about their favourite documentary. My name is Jane Edwards and I'm a writer, comedian and actor who just happens to love documentaries. So I was really thrilled to find so many other people who love them too. In this episode of Paradise Found, I got to speak to Hannah Platt about the film Dig. Dig is the 2004 documentary that follows the failures and successes of the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre, two bands that made the Portland 1990s alternative music scene what it was. The film shows their friendship and rivalry over the course of seven years, with the Dandy Warhols becoming bigger and bigger stars and the Brian Jonestown Massacre falling deeper into addiction, obscurity and violence. Now, Hannah Platt is one of the most talented comedians on the live circuit, who was a finalist in the BBC New Comedian of the Year Award 2019 and is the support act of some of the biggest comedians in the country, while also being a talented writer and a fantastic actor. She's also been a good friend of mine for many years now, and we had such a fun time making this episode, so I really, really hope that you enjoy it as much as we did. Just to let you know as well, something funny happens to Hannah's mic right at the end of the podcast. I don't know what it is. It wasn't in the original recording. Um, I have tried to fix it, but I think it's just one of those things. So like I say, it's for the last few seconds. So not to worry. So you picked the film Dig. Why did you pick this as your documentary? Uh, like my friend told me that I'd really enjoy it but because it's about the Zandy Warhols and the Brian Jones Massacre, I'd only ever heard like Bohemian Like You by the Zandy Warhols so I was like well, I'm not gonna watch a full film about them like that's not very interesting and because then I watched it I was like oh no it is it's really funny and it's really daft and I didn't expect it so I picked it more over something that maybe people had seen and everyone agrees is great rather than something that seems like it's a documentary about two bands you don't like give a shit about i would never watch music documentaries yeah i'd only watch them about like a band i was really into or if like like have you seen anvil story of anvil like that one that one was and i was either going to pick dig or that one but i thought that other one was more well known and it's really like spinal tap but I feel like because it's really funny and it's obviously like it's about a band no one's heard of, mm. it feels like it's more of like there's more like comedy in there rather than like it being about two like quite successful bands. I just don't care about them, you know? Definitely. Because yeah, I was the same. I'd heard of Dandy Warhols, obviously. But um, yeah, I just never... I'd never heard of Brian... What? How, Brian's Town... Brian Jones Town Massacre. <laughs> yeah, it's like a portmanteau. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I'd always, I'd only ever heard of them because like they'd be on like cool indie band nights that I never went to when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and they'd list like all the bands that they'd play on like on their club nights and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, I like all of them. I don't know who they are. They sound scary because they have the word massacre in their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was like heavy metal. Yeah, it it sounds like that, but now it's like. Yeah, it's like kind of psychedelic-y, like 60s. It's really good, but again, I only listened to them after I watched the film. Would you like to give us a brief summary of the film? It's basically the the director, she has gone to follow a load of different bands in the 90s who are kind of doing alternative music, and she's really honed in on Dandy Warhols because the lead singer, not the, um, they've really honed in on Brian Jonestown Massacre because Anton Newcomb, the lead singer, is batshit. Um, so she's gone, clearly that's going to be an interesting person to follow, but because he thinks he is like, he basically thinks he's the second coming of Christ and... I, that is something that I've never related to. I love it when someone has like all the arrogance in the world. I think it's so interesting because I don't relate to it at all. So he's just like, oh yeah, you should check out my friend's band. Like they're good as well, I guess. And they are the Dandy Warhols and they become massive and start touring all over the world. And she kind of ends up following them on tour and that really fucks him off because he's like, I thought this was about me <laughs> and they don't deserve what they've got. I'm the genius. So it's just about them kind of falling out, but still being like friends, but just someone going absolutely crazy because their ego is telling them that they're amazing and they're not getting everything that they think they deserve. And I, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I loved how it was filmed that it seems to be like right from the beginning, someone is just recording everything. Yeah, it just seems like it's their mate, like, hanging out. I feel like I I liked watching it, but I never would want to be around those guys because it seems like one of them's going to... At any point, I'm like, oh, you could, like, break a bone or die or something, like, something will happen. There's always, like, people getting arrested and getting into fights because people just have, like, you know, like a trigger switch because they're all on drugs and I think I would uh, I, I, I like watching other people have that kind of breakdown but I I don't know I want to feel safe <laughs> so it was nice to be like oh hey we're on a tour bus and I'm not there I think in comedy those people must exist somewhere but it's less cool when it's comedy. I think comedy is like the uncoolest thing in the world. At least like when you're making music, there is kind of like a, you know, there's like the rock star element behind it. And like, you can get trashed and you're a tortured artist. If you're a tortured artist and you're yeah. a comedian, like it's not very cool, is it? Like, I'm just gonna go up and talk about my dick for an hour. Like, and like, what are you gonna do? Like kick off at chortle? Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just being like, I dick on Steve Bennett. Like, no one's impressed. I was the same. I was like, I wouldn't want to be there. But and as well, because the fights, it's so, you really think someone's going to get stabbed. Like, it's really full on. Yeah. And also, there are bits, because I, I don't know how young they are in this mm. film. They seem like they're in like their mid-20s, maybe early 20s. But there's a lot of fucking dramatics. Like, there's a bit where Anton Newcomb gets arrested and he's just found out that um, he's got a baby. 
and he's like he's like on the side of the police car being like get this message to my son i'm never gonna see him again and it's like you've just been arrested because you've got a bit of weed in your car like it's all a bit i, f I feel like i won't be able to hang around those people because i'm like just get over yourself like it's very funny to watch and i love anyone with like an insane ego that comes out of nowhere i find it very entertaining but yeah to be around that and to be around anyone who's just like we're changing the world. I'm like, are you? Because this, that song's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... Yeah, I couldn't wait with someone like that. And I think as well... And I see it in the Dandy Warhols as well, where the singer is like, this is mine. And, you know, as someone who has... Who does have something that is like after their own name and things, I was watching it like, God, can you imagine if I went into the Jane Edwards show and I was like, this is mine. Like, you can all share... <laughs> because it's yeah. me because i i don't think is it in the film or I, or I don't remember if i read this separately about the song bohemian like you so he's the only one the lead singer he's the only one in that band who um doesn't have like now a normal day job oh, really yeah like they all work in like sales or like real estate and stuff like that but he is living off the royalties of bohemian like you because he wrote it and has given them like a tiny cut but he's basically being like well it's my song so fuck oh, off wow. which again i can't even like even if it was yours like everyone else was still involved in it it feels like it needs to be a bit more even than i don't know people who you then toured the world with and like i don't know the hype's all kind of over to then just be like yeah um probably just work at a coffee shop because i'm not helping you oh out god that's so depressing well no i mean the work like that is fine i'm not, not digging on work like that but i mean yeah wow yeah i i like have nightmares about getting entangled with somebody like that who's just like right give me this you know like these sort of monsters because he says that in the, that Courtney uh, the lead singer of Dandy Warhol sort of says yeah. that in the film doesn't he like this is mine you're in my band yeah um I don't know I because I'm like, like I I am very precious about what I do even though it's just fucking like jokes about being sad <laughs> so like it's just jokes about like my mum's dog but like because I'm very precious about it I know that I can't really work with other people in that kind of way where you're working constantly creatively together all of the time mm. whereas jane you've chosen to do that and the other one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're doing all of the above you're like i'm a solo artist and i'm also in a band this is it i think that maybe this is why i sort of related to this film quite a lot not obviously i'm not like a heroin <laughs> adult um. yeah i was gonna say because you're well known <laughs> in the scene for your heroin problem <laughs> but i think there was do you know what it is because i know you say like you don't relate to Anton or like ego ego people are you about to tell me that in fact I should because <laughs> I'm delusional and I, I no I was gonna say I'm living a lie I was gonna say for myself that I think there was moments in it in the quiet of my mind where I was a bit like god that could be me do you know what I mean <laughs> like a bit a bit of pushing and a bit of because I keep myself in check I'm not obviously like I'm not a monster but <laughs> I think sometimes there's like projects that I've done where I've been like, this is going to be the next thing. And I mm. think like that unchecked could turn into something where you're like actually lashing out at people. Obviously I would never do that, but do you know what I mean? It's like an ego 
Yeah, but also I think it's like, I don't know, like the kind of... Des- I think you can work on something and be yeah. like, hey, I think this is really good or something's going to work out really well. Whereas being like, I haven't even created this album yet and it's going to be a cult. We're going to create a cult and we're going to get all these beautiful women. And, um, you know, like Anzon's having like record deals like basically thrown at him and he's taking like yeah. the fucking piss and it's like i don't know i see that in comedy sometimes as well where i'm like i get you're doing it as a joke but like yeah honestly why <laughs> like why are you like trying to fuck up chances for a laugh because i don't know i wish that that was like i wish that mm. all that was handed round to everybody and then i don't know if you're suddenly just being like oh yeah well another one will come along like that's an ego thing isn't it well this is it because they don't (laughs) (laughs) so yeah totally um i was gonna say about you know because we touched on how it's how it's filmed um Mm. and i'm always like i'm jealous of like these sort of 90s there's some comedy films like there's one of um david cross as well where it's like everything's recorded for a long amount of time and mm. I've always kind of regretted that we haven't had that. <laughs> I just don't know what I'd fucking record. Like, yeah. I don't I don't take pictures, like, on nights out mm. because I feel like, uh, I, like, I forget I've got a phone, but also, like, getting my phone out, I'm like, oh, oh hi. Like, oh, it makes me cringe. So then if suddenly I'm filming my life, yeah. is that because I think it's going to be in a documentary later on? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, like, you've got to have mega... Talking about ego. Yeah. It's just like my life is a movie. <laughs> yeah, and like if that doesn't work out and, and also like what 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 equipment have these guys got? Like if I film one of my shows on my phone to like listen to it back, my phone's like, you need to update your iCloud. Yeah. You need to give us loads of money <laughs> for storage in the cloud. So, like, I don't know what these guys are doing, but, yeah, lugging around like a big fucking camera. Well, this is it, because, yeah, the time that it was as well. But I think, because I've always thought it would have been really cool, you know, if, like, when I've started working with people, if we would have had, like, a little bit of a document, because I'm a documentary head, so I'm like, oh, it would have been Mm. cool to have, like, our own. Nothing interesting would have happened. But um, I think it's, like, I think that people are too... I don't think you can make something like this in that way, you know, film everything because people would just be too anxious. I know that I would constantly be like, you know, you're more, everyone's more scrutinized. Like some of the yeah. behavior you see in the film, there's no way you'd want that getting out. Yeah. And especially like, I don't know, like, do you watch Drag Race? You do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, I feel like I love rewatching like those early seasons because it was on, you know, like a cable network show and no one really knew what it was. Yeah. And so like they are messy and like there's fights and like they say really terrible stuff to each other. Whereas now it feels all very sanitized because they know it's huge Definitely. and they know that like they don't want to be like the villain and they don't want like the fans coming after them and stuff. And it's like there's a lot on the line. Whereas, yeah, I guess if you're just filming stuff with a random person you don't know, you're just like, oh, this isn't going to be, you know, what are they going to do with it? Is it like a school project? (laughs) (laughs) This is it. Yeah, especially like it's one of those big old cameras. It's not going like straight online or I guess that's that's the link now, isn't it? It's like you don't know what someone's doing with something. They could have like nefarious or just like your own behaviour, like just being filmed at every step of the way. I mean, I can't, again, like, if we filmed behind the scenes of, like, some of the stuff that we've been doing, I, it'd be boring as anything. Like, there's no... 
I don't think any of us even really drink anymore. So. Yeah, well, that's the thing that it's like, oh, they're filming everything because they're constantly like headbutting each other. And I'm not, I don't yes. mean butting heads, they're literally headbutting each other and like sending bomb threats to like mm. the their gigs. Imagine if you were doing that with like Jack. Yeah, like, imagine. Like, like you and Jack Evans get into a scrap. So you, mm. he's doing, I don't know, Square Hole and he sends a bomb threat to Square Like, yeah. what? That's. That's insane, and they really just roll with it. They're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This is it. Yeah, it's too, it's too chaotic for me. Um, but hey, it's interesting. People watch it. People aren't, people aren't gonna watch me just being like, oh, he's a fucking knob. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that would be like, imagine if there was a camera in the green room of comedy nights. I, think, I, I feel really... like sometimes there should be just because some people like some people need to act like they're being watched. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Like all, catching all that sort of sociopathic behaviour that people do. Honestly. Yeah. Um, you know how like when they really go separate ways, there's a point in the film where it's like he goes back to like just getting smashed all the time, and the Dandy Warhol's like kicking off and going absolutely massive. Yeah. It's like a it's like a fable. Yeah, but I guess with that as well, like, I mean, Brian Jones, Thomas Curran are doing, like, like going on this week a European tour that's, like, sold out, and I don't know what the Dandy Warhols are doing now. Like, not much. Like, I still, I still look at their socials sometimes because of this film to see, like, what they're doing, and they're just posting a lot of, like, remember when we did this gig in Leeds in 2000? And you're like, oh. You know, so, like, it kind of feels like, I don't know, he's stu- if someone's stuck to their guns, like, it will find it will find the people. It just will take a billion years. <laughs> you see, that gives me hope. So, <laughs> um, yeah, because that that was like I guess where the film ended. I was like, oh no, I better start emailing for an agent. <laughs> so, um, what well, yeah. would you rather be the Dandy Warhols in that story? Well, I thought at the time I was like, yeah, I was I was like, oh god, like I know I know who the Dandy Warhols are, but I don't know who the Brian Jones Town Massacre are. So I was like, oh no. So but you saying that, it's like did it actually come full circle in the end? That's madness. Yeah. Cause I guess that like maybe like Courtney, the lead singer of Dandy Warhols, maybe he is like still being able to live off royalties and stuff, but they don't seem to be creating anything new. And like, I don't know, they've not kind of I feel like they're if they got a core fan base even, do you reckon that people would just go for like nostalgia's sake? You know, in the way like my mate Josh and his brother are gonna go and see Limp Biscuit and they know one song and guess which song it is? It's rolling. <laughs> so like and I feel like I don't know if they've got like a core group where they can just tour for nostalgia's sake. Think so. Whereas like Brian Jones Town Mascara, like they've put out a new album and stuff and they're still like selling out their their tour so i feel like they still have a core group of people who are still interested in what they do yeah um but i don't know i don't know at what kind of expense or anything like that i I don't think i think something like limbiscuit though it's even you know it's that uh (laughs) not to like change track but um it's got that like novelty and dandy warhols it was like they were trying to be cool at the time 
Yeah, and it's like, it's really not, <laughs> it's really not cool. Like, I don't know, being on a, I feel like you, you get rid of any of that, don't you, when you're on a, like a Vodafone yeah, advert? that's true. And I can't look, like, that's not me being like, I'd never, do, like, I fucking wish. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just more that, I don't know, I don't, I don't think if those opportunities were given a, and a newcomb, he would ever go along with it because it seems like he's doing it, like, on his terms or just not at all. Because I have this a lot in comedy where I'm like, oh, well, I'd do it anyway. I'd do it anyway. And I do think I would, but I get very depressed about the other stuff quite a lot. So I feel like if I was no longer involved in that, it's very hard, isn't it, to just, like, focus on your own track and go on that. So... I don't know, it's, I think I'd be like, I would do it, but I don't think I'd do it in the same kind of way. I would just do, you know, open mics and... Just exist in the sphere. I'd just exist. Oh, that sounds so depressing saying it like that, actually. Maybe I would care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've known people like that, though, who just kind of, they don't want anything from it. They just want to just do the things that they've written that day. Yeah, I love mm. that. Like, I think that's great. Um, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't let myself enjoy anything. Mm. So, like, I never played, like, instruments or anything as a teenager because I was like, well, if I do it, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to be Kurt Cobain, so what's the point? People enjoy the journey of it, like, the journey of learning something. I, I don't have that. I want the thing. I want the... I want to be there now. <laughs> yeah, <this is> <laughs> I think that, yeah, the relationship between Courtney and Anton, it, yeah, it did just, like, it put the willies at me because it was, like, isn't that, like, kind of a lot of people's nightmares? Like, you're a friendship group and you're very tight or you're, like, two friends. And then, like, that slow breaking off in, like, that the industry sort of causes. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just, again, it's just, like, an ego thing. Like, I've got mates who, like, are doing way fucking better than me, but I'm just yeah. made up for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think I could do that. Well done. Whereas, like, I don't know, there's a bit in it that absolutely kills me when Anton, like, um, picks apart one of their lyrics and it's just, like, it reminds me of... Have you ever watched those um, those genius videos on YouTube where it's it's like TikTok stars and influencers who have re who have released music and they go through their lyrics and they're like interviewed and they're reading out their lyrics just like deadpan and then are asked about what it means and and it's like oh it's like they do it with like people who have like amazing lyrics and stuff like that and people who are like you know actually give a shit but they also do have these like like they had the kid who had that flossing song and they had him like analyze his lyrics oh, no. <laughs> and it's just like it's just so cringe inducing and also it's cringe inducing that it's like you're sta you're literally standing by these lyrics and going yeah i wrote that oh, wow so like him like unpicking that lyric where he's like hot diggity dog all i want to do is get off and it's like yeah that is the worst thing i've ever heard actually yeah that's not cool at all is it that's really lame it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, I, uh, but I like, I can, I understand where he's coming from, but also at the same time, it's like, you can't, I don't know, if that's meant to be your pal, you can't then be like, oh, well, what you're doing is just like, it's soda pop bullshit. It. It's like, well, I don't know, 
if that's what they've chosen to do, they're not out there. Well, I was going to say they're not out there saying that they're all that deep, but there is a bit of that. I don't think the rest of the band felt like that, but I felt like Courtney did kind of think it was a bit of a a tortured genius. I, I was I was so shocked when the uh, cannot remember his name, but the guy who directed the music video for them. Oh yeah, Dave LaChapelle. That's it. That's it. I could not when he was saying like he was screaming at him that really shocked me because there's like there's always that undercurrent in let's call it showbiz as a as an umbrella there's always that like undercurrent that things like that happen Mm. i always think that that's like disgusting when and i hear stories of things like that happening but i expected it so much from him (laughs) that it didn't like really shock me yeah i just thought it was a bit more that it was like i don't know you're no one yet even though all of this is happening to you Mm. you've not proven yourself yet to the point where if you make a fuss about something because you're so hell-bent on it being one way Mm. that you that you have the track record of it being right you know what i mean it's like yeah i can't imagine arguing the toss over something that you're like well no one knows who you are, so this is just going to happen or it's just not going to happen. You oh, don't get to then have artistic, like, direction in it because we've hired this insanely big director and we've got all of this behind it. The The wheels are in motion. It's too late now. Think of, like, even small opportunities that you've had and you've just been like, whatever, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Do you mm. know what I mean? So, yeah, I was shocked. I think I, like... There's part of me that got it, not like pull it, I would never like fucking scream at someone about that, but I do freak out because I remember doing like the Jane Edwards show actually and Jack had put on a picture of me that I hated and I was like, I was like, why have they used that picture? But it's, but I totally get like the more like, I don't know, because I really struggle with what I look like, Mm. that that kind of thing... I'm like, oh, there's 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 more options than what exists. Yeah. Um, and I get like, yeah, I get being irritated or like, not, you know, but like bothered. Oh, yeah. um, but not to the point where I would be like, I don't know, you've got fucking hair and makeup and you've got like one of the most famous like fashion photographers in the world. You're probably going to look all right. Yeah. You should have you should have screamed at Jack to be honest. <laughs> I, I I wish I wish I had. Uh... Well, let me take this opportunity to formally apologise on behalf of James because I, I. Thank you so much. That is so that is so deserved and so. Honestly, because I do I understand that as well because it's like sometimes things go up of me and I'm like, are you really tagging me in that? Like, mm. have you no humanity to like tag me yeah, yeah, in the yeah, stage yeah. row? <laughs> you have no empathy. Do you not see? It's like yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of get like it's sad that I kind of get it. I don't think I'd get it if someone was like paying for all of this stuff. But I've definitely had it at like photo shoots where I've been like is that what I look like Mm. and not in like a I would never be like that to any photographer or anything like that it's definitely more an inward thing where I'm like is this heavily photoshopped yeah someone tell me straight out (laughs) so yeah me being like I don't relate to these people in it at all and it's like oh actually yeah I've done the exact same thing (laughs) yeah I I expected more throwing the toys out the pram than was in it. 
But also, again, maybe it is that thing of, like, we didn't see him having a fit. We just heard about it. So maybe it is that thing of, like, even then being, like, there's cameras on us. I'm not going to act like too much of a diva unless it seems, like, cool. Whereas, I don't know, throwing a fit on a music video because you don't think you look pretty enough, that's not very cool, is it? Whereas if it's, like, I'm going to have a fight with my guitarist and kick him out the band while he's on stage. It's like, that has a bit more of like an interesting thing behind it. I always think about if um, I was the camera person making the documentary, mm. it's like, it's not like a fantasy of mine, but I just don't, you know, I just like to imagine like what if I was making it and like how absolutely, every time something like that happens, all I can think is you'd just be thinking jackpot. Or even like, I, I feel like, it would be either, it'd be like a fight or flight response, wouldn't it? It'd be like either we're filming this and we're getting right in the middle of it or we're going, we need to turn this off, this is not okay. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And I feel like I would be in like a really, I I think I, I'm so like worried that I'm going to like step over a line. I'd be shit at being a camera person. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd just be like, we're going to step over the line here. This is a person who clearly has a mental issue and is clearly on a lot of drugs. We should... let and, and then it's like, well, that's not a film then, is it? That's that's a therapy session. Just every time something starts kicking off, you just turn the camera off. <laughs> yeah, just be like, this is inappropriate. <laughs> Another bit of the film that I did relate to as well was the like sheer frustration at trying to get things made. Oh, my God. That I was like, yeah, you should kick off about that. That's annoying. <laughs> and it's interesting as well that, like, I don't know, he was... Anton was, like, doing all of this kind of thing before, like, the internet, mm. where, like, they were trying to... Dante Warhols were trying to get, like, one album made and they had all of this backing and they had all these industry people and it was, like, this whole big thing mm. and it was taking forever and no one was happy with it and it was a big, big ordeal... Mm. Whereas Dandy Warhol, whereas Brian Jones Time Massacre put out like six albums in the time yeah. that it took. And it's like, because he's just doing it and he's just creating it for like the love of doing it and then being able to like put out stuff. And then I guess if you're not fretting about the end product so much because you're putting that much stuff out, you can enjoy yourself more because there's no mm. pressure to be like, it's the album. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah, you're not locked into anything or yeah. having anyone judging you or anything like that. I thought that was like a really interesting, like how that was laid out, that like relationship to industry and who can present themselves well. And, mm. who, you know, like they keep saying, like, you can't work with Anton, which is obviously understandable. But yeah. it's like, I've heard that, before, you know, I've not for, not for myself, of course. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Don't put out that on your own podcast, Jane. <laughs> People are saying I'm a monster, I'm terrible to work with. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm perfect, but <laughs> I'm like, you know, that kind of like, even just like vibes off, you know, what's industry and what isn't and what's suitable and what isn't and what'll sell and what won't, I thought was like really interesting throughout the film. I've never seen if like, again, like when you see that split of Dandy Warhols and yeah. Brian, Brian Band, it's like, <laughs> it's so like, yeah, I thought it was just stark. I really like as well, there's like, it's it's really interesting because basically everyone has gone, you can't work with Anton. So then 
the tambourine player is then suddenly the face of the band at meetings and i love that and they keep being like anton's ill so we can't make it so then they might put him on the phone for like five minutes we can't say anything he can't do anything and it's suddenly like it it, it feels like yeah it feels like your mate you know when like i get this all the time where like it's your mate like vouching for you before they meet you like it's someone being like, look, you're going to meet Hannah. Like, she's all right. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes a bit of time. She takes a bit of warming up. But she's really nice when you get to know her. Like, No, I totally... Yeah, I was like, oh, I'd love a... Jo- Is it Joel, his name? Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, fascinating. I, all the way through, I was like, I cannot take my eyes off this. Like, every time he's on screen, you can't... Because at first, when I see tambourine players, I guess uh, I guess it's just immediately disproved by Baz. But I always see like these people who are like tambourine or like vibe people, and I'm always like, God, you are so on a knife's edge of like getting kicked out, like <laughs> when yeah. people are splitting up that money. It's like, do we need this person? But I guess then you do if he's like the voice of reason, yeah, and the person who can kind of like play ball a bit. Definitely. If everyone else there is like crazy tortured artists, mm. and it's like you just need one guy there who can have like a nice chat with somebody. I guess you got that Matt Hollywood guy. Yeah, but he like, he's he's one of the ones who he gets. Um, kicked out the band while they're on stage. Oh, I'm like, because when they're all on stage, I'm like, who is who? It's hard to see because, again, because, like, because of the the quality of film sometimes, because of the time of it and because it's, like, all backstage, like, you know, they'll be filming something else and then rush out because someone's, like, pulled a knife on each other. But, yeah, it's, it's him where, like... He suddenly just, like, takes his guitar off and puts it on the floor and walks off and he's like, I'm never working with them ever again. Oh, my God. Well, I'm looking forward to the next Jane Edwards show where I'm going to bring all this um, energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you could be... Could we do, could we do it where it's two... Where it's us two? <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly one of us I'll quit. come on in roller skates with a little boombox playing my own... My own stand-up. <laughs> that would actually be ace, actually. That bit is wild where he just turns yeah. up. And he's like, he's on roller skates. He's got like this big fluffy Russian hat on. He's got a boom box and he's just playing his own CD. Oh my God. And he's trying to get into the show. And they're like, no, of course you can't come in, mental stranger. And so he's just wheeling around outside with his own little tape. It's bizarre. How did he think that was going to go? But it was great. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think, have you got anything else that you'd like to add? Um, just more like, I, my favourite part of the whole thing is that just, cra- I love it when it's crazy rock stars who can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Like, it's like, Spinal Tap is so good. And yet, Anvil, Story of Anvil is is a great documentary as well that you'd really like oh amazing i'm definitely gonna check that out thank you so much for being on the podcast thanks for having me i hope i didn't say anything career ending (laughs) (laughs) this was such a fun episode to record and thank you so much to hannah for giving her time and insights to this podcast i really really appreciate it 
do follow Hannah on social media. I'll put all of her links in the description below. She really is a fantastically talented comedian and I urge you to go and check out all of her work and of course, see her live. And now comes time for me to ask for your kindness and support. If you could like and subscribe or whatever kind of terminology they are using on the platform that you're listening on, that would be very much appreciated. We've got lots of exciting episodes coming up. So I would really appreciate you staying in touch. And if you've enjoyed this, share it on your socials. Do we still use the word socials? I don't know. But I would really, really appreciate you spreading the word if you feel like it. Thank you very much for listening to this first episode and I hope you have a wonderful day.